Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. And I am talking with Sarah Thorpe, who is a postpartum doula at Nurturing Birth and Beyond, and she is walking us through five things we probably don't know about the postpartum period, and absolutely pouring some wisdom and guidance into how to navigate that season. So let's go ahead and head on into the episode. I'll meet you at the end to tell you a little bit more about newborn sleep. Hey guys, I'm so happy to have Sarah on the podcast. I believe this is really our first focused episode talking about the postpartum period. And honestly, uh, I hadn't really heard of a postpartum doula until maybe like a year ago. So I'm so happy to welcome Sarah Thorpe of Nurturing Birth and Beyond onto the podcast today. Hey there. Thanks for being here. Hi. Thank you, Becca. I'm so excited. Yes. Well, I definitely love, I think when I first connected with you and you described yourself as half crunchy, half medical. (laughs) And I shared that on Instagram and I had so many people be like, I love that. I know. (laughs) I think that's a great way to put even people who I work with, they, they, they obviously, um, want to sleep train and they want to have better sleep habits. And that's more of like the, you know, half medical part instead of the, you know, full crunchy part. But there are, of course, I've worked with many crunchy, like full on crunchy moms and many (laughs) half and half moms and many full on, you know, non crunchy moms. So, um, but I do love the way you describe that. And would you like, tell us a little bit about why you describe yourself as that? For sure. I love that phrase too, but I kind of wonder sometimes if crunchy is like a regional term or not. Yeah, but- no, some people don't even know what that means. I forget <laughs> who I was telling. They were like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I know. Even my husband who's from Philadelphia is like, what in the world? Like, did you make that up? I'm like, no, I swear. Becca knew what I meant. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a thing. Yeah. Well, what I mean by that is I like to take a little bit of what I believe is the natural thing, the way that we were intended to birth and parent and experience motherhood, and then also bring in parts of what science has given us and the amazing medical advances that we've had and kind of just meld them together to make the best of both worlds. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah, I can get into that. Um, So I definitely think I'm probably half crunchy, half medical then. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a great thing. And so maybe we'll have to do a whole like, I don't know, post about what even is crunchy in case people are like, I still don't understand what you're talking about, yeah. um, but I get it. And that was a great way to describe it. So I, I love that. And would you tell us a little bit, a little bit about your day job? Like besides being a postpartum doula, like what is your, your, your day job that, you know, you, you, you love, you adore, what, what do you do? So I am a nurse. I, before all of this started, I was a nurse and have been doing that, working on the floor now since 2012. And then with my children, once they were born, I kind of started to feel like a more specific calling, I guess you could say, in the realm of nursing. So I started really digging deeper into what is the essence of the birth world and all the different jobs that have evolved in that community. So I got my postpartum doula certification and then ended up with two childbirth educator certifications. And I really just have such a passion for the postpartum period, especially because it's so (laughs) 
overlooked. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think so. And getting into that, what would be like the dictionary definition of the postpartum period? Right. So the dictionary definition is you're always postpartum, really, once you have a child. Most people really focus on the first year. And then if you're working with a postpartum doula, usually they're working with you from birth to about three months out of birth. Okay. And I I figured three months was probably like the Swedish spot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For that. So that definitely makes sense. Um, But obviously, yeah, I mean, we're all postpartum. You already had a baby. Like, yes. Postpartum. That does. That does. Your body has changed forever. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) (laughs) I know that. Um, So, all right. So if we're looking at, you know, postpartum doulas helping for those first three months, there are definitely some things that I would love to highlight that I've learned through you, just even through your Instagram account and even just talking and hanging out with you. Um, I want to kind of get into things that they don't tell you about the postpartum period. And of course you can find those like, you know, funny blogs about how your (laughs) hair falls out, which I did not know that with my first Um, or, you know, all kinds of things, but there, there's some things that I'll touch on, you know, talk about postpartum depression, the healing aspect, um, connecting with baby relationships with your family members, spouses, partners, and then, you know, kind of asking for help. So we'll kind of go through those. And first, I think probably the most important one is Mm -hmm. talking about postpartum depression. Would you explain to us, you know, some things that people may not know about postpartum depression or how they can kind of identify that in themselves? Yeah. I think that it's, first of all, great that we're getting so much more talk about postpartum mental health. And, you know, it's slowly becoming more of a talking point. But I think it's important, too, for everyone to realize there are different kinds of postpartum mental health diagnosis, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. You know, most people, after they have a baby, go through a period a couple of days after they have a baby where they're just feeling kind of down or, you know, tearful. And that's like the baby blues mm-hmm. phase, you know, but then if it's a couple weeks after birth and you're starting to feel that way, can't get out of bed, don't want to feed yourself or your baby or anything like that, that is probably more like postpartum depression, but it can also be anxiety as well, postpartum anxiety, where you're not feeling sad, but you know your thoughts are just racing and you're very fearful or worrisome and you're just not able to rest because of that, that is something that you, know, you can get help for too. And I think that that's important as well. Yeah, man, there's a, that's a really good distinction because I think a lot of times we just overall put in the umbrella or bucket is like, well, it's just depression. Yeah, but there could be anxiety instead of the depression aspect, and um, and in in my world, in the sleep world, um, I definitely get three a.m. emails from very newborn Mm. moms. You know, um, having those racing anxieties and frustrations about you know my baby is not sleeping, and then I'm worried that I'm setting them up for failure, and I I always have to come back with like just a lot of grace and like no, you're not, you're not setting them up for failure. You know, your baby is two weeks old, three weeks yeah. old. Um, you are definitely not setting, you're doing a great job, but obviously we just need to, um, you, you're the number one right now. Like we need to take care of you. So mm-hmm. if somebody is starting, like you've just kind of touched on these a little bit, if someone's starting to grasp the idea that, okay, maybe it's not depression or maybe it is anxiety or one or the other, how can they dig a little bit deeper into this and get some help and get some resources? Mm-hmm. Well, 
first and foremost, I think they should reach out to their provider, whether they have an OBGYN or a midwife or anyone like that. They are going to be your first touch point to make contact with. And then there's also a lot of resources through a lot of different hospitals I know now where they're really getting support groups started. And that way you can touch base with other moms that are going through the same feelings as you. Yeah. I think that that is um, also good to note that even here in Richmond, um, I have a friend of mine who's putting together like a preemie postpartum group. Oh, that's Um, great. Yeah. And there's all, there's all kinds of like localized, specialized things. So Mm -hmm. um, I definitely did not utilize, and I've, maybe it was the way I was like raised, but I never really questioned things, you know, like Mm -hmm. question doctors, things like that. And I I mean, I definitely am more so now, obviously that I have my own (laughs) children feeling like more of an advocate, but I, at the time, like I didn't ask my doctor anything about, and I remember filling out a form. Form, you know what I mean? Like yes. for something I like filled out, how are you feeling? Yes or no's. And I was like, what? Um, <laughs> I'm also really bad at knowing how I feel. Like I am, mm. you know, type two Enneagram bottler to the max. So it's yeah. really hard for me to be like, I'm, I am feeling this way. Like right. <laughs> I'll, I'll cover it all up. So those things were definitely not useful for me, but it is important to know, like I had no idea there's a difference between postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's important. And so connected to that, you shared a post. I should actually pull it up so I can get it all correct. Um, (laughs) You shared a post, I think it was yesterday, talking about, um, it was three number fives. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, and I think this really connects, especially with the whole healing after baby, but um, Mm. (laughs) would you walk through, I think you said um, five days in bed, five days near the bed, five days... Would you walk us through what that was? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the thought process is actually very common in places other than America. And it's five days in the bed, five days on the bed, and then five days near the bed. So the thought is that for five days after you have your baby, you're literally in bed with your baby, ideally skin to skin when you're both awake, you know safe sleep, of course, but you're just bonding with that baby and feeding baby and healing yourself. And then five days on the bed. So, you know, moving around a little bit, maybe doing some stretches, stuff like that. And then five days near the bed, meaning still resting, but doing more things, maybe going downstairs to have breakfast, et cetera, et cetera. But the thought is, you know, we live in such a culture where everything is rush, 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 and you have to do everything and you have to have X, Y, and Z done. You have to have this photo shoot and Mm -hmm. this nursery and all of that. And those things are beautiful. And I'm the first one to love every single newborn photo shoot I've ever seen. Yeah. But it, it is a lot of pressure to live up to and you're allowed to take a breath and you're allowed to close yourself off for a little while and really just be your new little family and have a safe, calm transition. Yeah, that definitely connected with me and my first. And mm-hmm. it probably is different. And I, I would actually love to hear thoughts about this, you know, with a second kid, that mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that idea. But I, I remember, I mean, I didn't get out of my PJs for a good month without yeah. me. <laughs> and I had a really yeah. hard delivery with her and it was just like not 
great. Um, and then we had a really difficult, you know, breastfeeding journey and all of that, but I just didn't, I had no drive to like, I wasn't unhappy. I actually remember like, I wasn't unhappy. I was Mm -hmm. just trying to figure this all out. Um, We also weren't sleeping. So yeah, there was that too. (laughs) Um, but like, I just remember like the farthest place I got to was like our backyard mm-hmm. um, and I sat outside with Ellie while Chad was building a fence. Like I, that's basically all I did. And then we, uh, like when she turned one month, I think we went to Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> it was like our first outing and it was radically different um, from that versus my second where we ended up moving like across the country when she was three weeks old. So that was very, yeah, that's different. crazy. Um, but <laughs> it definitely, you know, if I could have done it, redone it, you know, with our second, yes, I would have loved to have had more you know, more of that time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's also something to also look at, you know, would have loved that, but I also can't feel guilty, you know, that I did for her. I mean, that would have just been not good, but connecting with that, you know, um, part about yes, healing for yourself and, um, and healing after baby, what is something that you think isn't really talked about too much as far as healing mom healing after baby? Yeah. So, (laughs) It's so funny. We spend so much time worried about mom while you're pregnant. Like everything that you eat and (laughs) what you look like is so criticized. And then once the baby's there, no one cares about mom anymore. But (laughs) you have to, you know, stick up for yourself and pay attention, ask questions. I think if you are prescribed a stool softener when you leave the hospital, take it. (laughs) Don't think that you don't need it. Another thing that is pretty common is actually postpartum swelling. Sometimes that can happen if you have an IV during your labor. So sometimes, you know, you might have some swelling because of that. I mean, I personally had so much swelling in my feet after I delivered my first and I didn't have any swelling during pregnancy. So then when I came home and my feet were like, couldn't even fit in my shoes, I was like, what is happening here? But I think little things like that, if they pop up, don't be afraid to reach out, you know, back to your provider, to the nurse at your doctor's office and just be like, hey, is this normal? Because most of the time, yeah, it is. But, you know, we want to make sure that we're there for you and you're getting the help that you need. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think too, um, is there, you know, being able to not even have to wait till your appointment, but like, this is, this is a message I needed to hear, but like, call them, you know, yes, (laughs) calling calling them and letting them know. And I'm pretty sure somebody called me like when I got home from the hospital, like I'm pretty sure I had somebody call and like check out. I do not remember at all with my second. Like I said, that was like a blur, but Mm -hmm. I do remember with Ellie, somebody giving me a call like when we got home from the hospital. Well, and even the best thing now is most of them have those like online portals, you know? So when you're up at like 4 a.m., you don't even have to wait to call. You can just send them, you know, a little message or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, and it's also good to think about, you know, obviously this points right back to postpartum doulas and Mm -hmm. even here in, um, here in Richmond, uh, Dr. Janet West of my RVA baby, like there are so many people that can come to you so you don't have to get out and do things. So looking at, you know, we've talked about the depression versus anxiety. Um, some of the things that you need to be aware of that, Hey, it's okay to, to, call and ask and, and seek things for when you need to be healing, things like that. You're con- so concerned about obviously um, 
how you feel and how the baby's feeling, but how are some ways, like obviously, if, even if we can't do this whole five days in the bed or five days near the bed, which definitely I would be a huge advocate for, for everybody. <laughs> um, but if they can't do that and they are feeling disconnected from their baby, mm-hmm. what, is, what does that look like for, for a mom who's, they're surprised by that, right? That like, yeah, feel connected to my baby. Like I just had them. What's, what's happening? Yeah, that is, you know, sometimes moms do feel that way, that they don't have that big heart eyes moment when they first come home with their baby because, you know, it is a lot. And if you happen to have a different birth than what was on your, you know, labor plan or whatever, sometimes it can take a little while for your body to process everything and your hormones are going crazy. I mean, I know we say that a lot as women, like I'm PMSing my hormones, but no, really, your hormones are going haywire after you have a baby and just rebalancing each other. So I would, like you said, give a lot of grace to yourself. You and your baby are both getting used to each other. And I think journaling is something that is really helpful in that time period because You might not think that you're bonding, but then when you look back, you might see like, oh, on this day, like I noticed, you know, such and such birthmark or they smiled on this day. And you can pick out those moments of bonding when everything seems overwhelming. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And (laughs) especially if you don't consider yourself a writer or journaler or whatnot, you know, just Mm -hmm. keeping a list. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, I mean, my notes app on my phone is full <laughs> because <laughs> someday yeah. I'll get to doing a baby book. But <laughs> right <Yeah>. now <laughs> it's all just like the date and what happened really quickly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I sometimes have guilt that I didn't do a baby book for either one of the girls, but that's I really know. not me. Like yeah. I'm not really a an heirloom, like really want to look back. Actually, my mom has a whole calendar from like from 1989, like the whole <sighs> year of like everything that I did. I'm like, that's cool. Right. Did I hear about that? No, I don't really right. want to go when I like first did this or first did that. Like, yeah. I think, you know, obviously I'm glad that she did that. It's very sweet. It's for her. It's for her. <laughs> um, but I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's definitely true. There are so many small things that you may not even be um, realizing. You do look back and you start to see like, oh, wow. Yeah, I do. I mean, there's this growing and it's good. I mean, it, it, it grows. You're, you're mm-hmm. obvious, obviously like you think about that with, um, you know, I, I know your oldest just turned four, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, think about like, the, over the four years, I mean, you obviously love her way more now than, yeah. you know, in the day she was born because you have more time together and more experiences right. together. And that's- That that's relationship builds. Yeah. 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 I and mean, it's one thing when they're in your belly and like, yeah, you, sometimes women don't even feel that connection at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but you can't see them. Like I'm a visual person, like <laughs> seeing them, like feeling them. And I feel like that's why so many people don't sometimes even name the baby until they see them, you know, yeah. like having that connection is so true. That and is so, true. You know, we, we've, something's come up recently on Instagram. I've had, um, I shared a win sometime recently where a dad was having postpartum depression or was it called like paternal depression? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So when we look at the relationship between, you know, mom and dad and partners and spouses together after baby comes home, what are some practical ways that we can look at, you know, maybe things you didn't know that was going to happen when you got home and how can we maintain these healthy relationships with the people around us? Right. I think sometimes that is something that plays a big part into postpartum mental health is that 
you know, that relationship that you were so used to for however long is drastically different for the better, but still different when you get home. Mm -hmm. So I think that a great way to do just bonding with your spouse or partner is when the baby's a month old, because before that, neither one of you are going to be able (laughs) to probably comprehend much other than just taking care of that baby. But when the baby is a month old, either when they're napping or maybe you can have a really close friend or a family member stay with the baby, even just for 30 minutes and you and your partner go sit outside or go take a walk or have ice cream together, something that's a short amount of time, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, but where it's just you two and you know that the baby is safe and you can just focus on each other and look in each other's eyes (laughs) for once because you probably haven't even looked at each other and just see each other for a minute again. And Mm -hmm. I think something that simple can kind of hit the reset and fill each of your cups. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that idea. It's very practical, very easy. Easy Um, is everything. (laughs) Yes. And I had, um, I had two really great neighbors on both sides of us when we had Ellie and, uh, that would have been so simple to just call one of them over because they both like always wanted to see her. Um, and that's the thing. Everybody wants to hold the baby. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so, and asking for that, like specifically asking for like, come over and do not bother me. Um, <laughs> or, you know, like, like literally pretend like I'm not here and that I don't have my phone um, for 30, 45 minutes. That's, that's really sweet. Yeah. So I, kind of like the book ending of all of this, you know, obviously there is so much going on for a brand new mom or, a, or if even a fifth time mom, doesn't matter how many kids you have. Like it's the right. same experience afterwards as far as what your body's going through. Sometimes, yes, different, you know, per delivery or or per whatever it is. And um, honestly, I think the more that you add into the family, the more help you're going to need. Mm. Um, So how can someone be asking for help when they are looking at this postpartum period and and maybe even ways that they could ask before baby arrives and things like that? How would you suggest starting to, you know, get people involved to assist you in this so you don't have to do it alone? Yeah. I mean, firstly, other countries and even our country did it way different in the past. Yeah, (laughs) People have so much more help usually and we did in the past. So know that it's normal to ask for help and feel like you can't do it all. Like you're not meant to do it all. Mm -hmm. I really like meal trains and just shooting out an email or a Facebook post about, hey, if you can bring a meal on one day. You don't have to see us. You don't have to make pleasantries. Like (laughs) just on your way home, meals are great. I also, of course, people can always chip in for a postpartum doula for you. I think Mm -hmm. that is one of the best baby shower gifts you can give a family or request as a mom. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, we all, yes, have to buy diapers and everything, but Mm -hmm. having that extra set of hands to help out is literally priceless when you have a new baby. No, I think that's a that's a, a great thing to start to make um, new traditions is, you know, yes, when your friends have babies, like gathering them together and, and pulling together and and pitching in so that mm-hmm. you, because especially as you, your group of friends has more babies, it's not like you may want to come over and, and help, but you may have your own kiddo and, right. and help. And obviously, it would be so beneficial to have somebody who knows exactly how to handle this season mm-hmm. um, with their 
expertise and their knowledge to come help you. I think that that's a really great idea. Um, yeah. And even kind of going back to the meal train, you know, some people, especially um, I'm like very conscious about like um, just what I ask for and things like that. And I always want to come across the right way. And so if someone heard like, you know, ask for a meal train, they may be like, how could I do that? Like, how could I ask people to bring me food? Well, then, then don't ask yourself, like get a family member to like post it out on Facebook and be like, Hey, yes. so really need some help. Um, right. or get a, you know, get a neighbor or a friend to do that and wherever you are and, and have somebody else, you, maybe you make it, but somebody else puts it out there yes. um, for you, which is definitely, um, yeah, getting others around you and expressing those needs too. And, and telling people that you would really like this because they may not know if you want that or not. Right. It's almost like, you know, in your wedding, when you had your maid of honor, do all the dirty work for you, you need to find that person again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> get them to do, you know, set up that stuff for you. Yeah. Well, if somebody is listening to this and they're like, well, how can I get in touch with Sarah? How can she be a postpartum doula for me? Or how can I take her childbirth classes to learn more? How can we get in touch with you? So my website is nurturingbirthrva.com. And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Nurturing Birth and Beyond. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was so fun. Thank you, Sarah, for being here on the podcast. I definitely wish I'd had that information five years ago. And I'm so glad that this is now available for people everywhere to know. And I'm so happy that help is a thing now, right? Like getting postpartum help is a thing. We've all known and we've all recognized that getting a lactation consultant is a good thing. So we're doulas and sleep consultants and personal trainers and you name it, whatever you need. Are, it's so good to live in a time. I mean, seriously, what a time to be alive that we can get help. I love it. And speaking of help, if you have a newborn who you are struggling with to get sleep, I want to offer you a free guide for your newborn sleep. All you need to do to download this free newborn daily routines guide is head to littlezsleep.com slash newborn guide, all one word, newborn guide. And I want you to go ahead and get started on this because this is what I love about newborns. You can start making change right now now. So as you work through learning how to get help, as you are working through all these things, don't put the pressure on yourself that your newborn needs to be putting themselves to sleep. They don't, you need to help them. But understanding the newborn routines and when they should be going down for a nap, that is my way of gifting this to you to say, Hey, I'm here to help you. And here's this for you. So I'll link it in the show notes, but you, again, you can always head to littlezsleep.com newborn guide that's waiting for you. Okay guys, sweet dreams. See you next time.